Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison. It is the 24th of April 2022 and we are a couple of weeks into the 2022 federal election campaign. Ben has returned to Sydney to be with her mother at this difficult time for our family and we appreciate everyone's thoughts support and well wishes. Of course, lots has happened this week. And very briefly, I want to touch on the fact that the ballot draws have now happened for the election right around the country. And what's really important to to remember is that you should vote one Labor in the lower house and in the upper house in every state, territory and seat. And you should put the Liberal last. Now, you might think, but Ben, There are some UAP people, there are some neo-fascists, there are some One Nation people who I dislike even more than the Liberals. And I understand that I dislike them even more than the Liberals too. But by voting one Labor and putting the Liberal or LNP or Country Liberal Party person last, you ensure that that Liberal person does not get elected. And ultimately, in most of the seats, it will boil down to a contest between Labor and Liberal. There are some seats where it will be a contest between, say, Labor and the Greens, or Liberal and an Independent. In every single case, if you put the Liberal last, you are guaranteeing that that, your vote doesn't flow to one of Scott Morrison's flunkies. Because it doesn't matter if you vote for Josh Frydenberg in Kuyong or Trent Zimmerman in North Sydney, if you're voting for them, you're helping to elect Scott Morrison and Barnaby Joyce, who, as we'll discuss momentarily on Insiders, is just as bad from an ideological perspective as Scott Morrison. So if you are in a teal seat, by all means, Put the teal independence towards the top of your ticket. Just make sure you put the Liberal last. Now, there is a video going around that talks about marbles and how to get an independent elected. Let's be really clear about this. If you are being advised by anybody to put either Labor or Liberal last, just make sure you put your independent further up the ticket, those people are not doing you any favours. They are helping the Morrison agenda, because the Morrison agenda is to cloud and muddy the water for people who are considering voting for a third party or an independent. They want people to think of Labor and Liberal as much the same. So if you're considering voting for One Nation or Clive Palmer or some other uh, third party group, Morrison wants you to think that his government and Labor are much the same, in the hope that you'll put the Liberals slightly above. Because there is not a seat in this country, not a single seat in this country, where Palmer or One Nation are, or the so-called freedom independence, which some people are calling what are essentially anti-vaxxers and QAnon conspiracists, there is not one seat in the country where they are competitive without some kind of bizarre set of preference flows. And so the marble video that's going around is actually helping the Liberals because it effectively suggests it doesn't matter whether you put the Labor Party last or the Liberal Party last, as long as you preference all of the freedom people first. That's simply not true. The weight of numbers, the demographics, the polls, the way people actually vote indicate that unless you put the Liberals last, if you are voting independent, you are 
potentially funneling your vote to Scott Morrison. So whatever else you do, even if hearing me say vote one Labor is something you're not prepared to do, make sure you put the Liberals, Nationals, the Liberal National Party, the Country Liberal Party, wherever you're listening to this around the country, whatever brand they're running under, the party that will put Scott Morrison back into power, you have to put them last on your ballot. Anything else creates a risk that you will help re-elect a Morrison government, even if that's totally the opposite of your intention. So the ballot draws are done. That's going to be out there. There'll be lots of how-to-vote cards and lots of people talking about who you should vote for and who you shouldn't. That's what I'm going to say about the ballot draws today. Some other things that we need to talk about. In this week's episode of The Week on Wednesday, we talked about the NDIS. We talked about Labor's NDIS policy launch. We talked about the story of GT, the disability support worker who was effectively uh, exploited uh, by someone exploiting the NDIS using a digital sham contracting platform. Since then, the NDIS came up in the leaders' debate. And of course, Scott Morrison made his now infamous blessing comment where he said that he and Jenny had been blessed not to have to go through that. He tried to clarify later on by saying what he meant was not have to go through the NDIS, not that he was referring to having children without a disability as a blessing as opposed to having children with a disability not being a blessing. Uh, And if you look up in the dictionary, the opposite of blessing, of course, is a curse. Now, the gross insensitivity aside, let's take Scott Morrison at his word. Not that I'm suggesting we can do that, but let's pretend that we can and let's do it for a moment. If what he's saying is that the NDIS system is cursed and that having to go through it is cursed, then surely he is condemning his own government. Scott Morrison and the Liberals have been in power for most of the existence of the NDIS, the better part of a decade, and now he's saying that it's a blessing to not have to use. Life is full of joys and challenges. Government shouldn't be creating more challenges. It should be making the challenges easier. What Morrison is saying in his attempt to defend against what I actually think was what he was really saying, and I think what he was actually really saying was that he does think that it is his view that he is blessed because his children don't have a disability, which I think is an appalling position to have, an appalling thing to say. And I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that what he clarified was the truth and that he simply thinks the system he's created is a curse. Because if the system is cursed, then it can be fixed, and Labor has a policy to fix that system. As we discussed on Wednesday's episode, it's a system where multinational foreign corporations and foreign private equity firms are pulling 14% margins out of the NDIS at the same time as NDIS participants are having their plans cut on average by 4%, at the same time that appeals to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal are doubling. And it's interesting today to think about the NDIS in the context of the fact that Morrison 
and the Labor delegation will be going to Darwin and campaigning in the Northern Territory because over the last six months, half of all NDIS plans in the Northern Territory have been cut. Now, Morrison says the system is cursed. Morrison is the Prime Minister and it's his system. It's a system riddled with cowboys that Shorten and Albanese have promised to get rid of. It's a system where insecure work is rapidly growing at the same time as secure funding is being cut. It's a system where multinational, foreign-owned private equity is pulling a 14% margin. That's on the back of taxpayer dollars. 14% of every dollar, of every dollar going into the NDIS that these platforms run through their system when they connect a worker to a participant isn't going to deliver quality services, isn't going to the wages of the support workers, isn't going to equipment and supplies for the participant. It's going on the margin to the profit-making multinational private equity firm. That is a curse on our nation. Hopefully, Labor will get elected and change it. That's what their policy says they'll do. They'll fix it. They'll get rid of the cowboys. And these unregistered, unregulated profiteers will be expunged from our national disability insurance scheme. Of course, this week we also saw the absolute abject failure of foreign policy, the worst foreign policy disaster in the Pacific since the Second World War, where the Solomon Islands, a country where Australia had AFP on the ground in in the Howard and Rudd uh, government eras, helping support the building of democracy in that country. Solomon Islands, that was a staunch ally against Imperial Japan in the Second World War, has now signed an agreement with China. And what was Morrison's response to this absolute failure of foreign policy? It was to send Zed Zeledja. I can never say his name correctly. I always just think of the famous Quentin Tarantino film, Pulp Fiction, where the question is, who's Zed? And Bruce Willis's character responds with, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Because frankly, Zed has failed. And it's not just Zed. It's the whole Morrison team from the top on down. Morrison, Dutton, Maurice Payne, Zed Zaledja have all failed the Australian national interest. And in fact, they failed so badly that they've lashed out. Morrison lashed out at Anthony Albanese during the leaders' debate. We've seen it suggested on Insiders today that perhaps this is all the result of bribes. Barnaby Joyce refused to rule out that it was a result of bribes when it was put to him, simply saying he hadn't seen any evidence of that. Of course, Morrison has failed our national security. The Solomon Islands is 2,000 kilometres away from some heavily populated parts of Queensland. There are people in Queensland who are now within flying range of any potential base that China may build. 
while the Solomon Islands Agreement at the moment has no provision for a Chinese military base, the pattern that China has followed with these agreements is to enter into a developmental agreement and then to enter into a military agreement thereafter, as Barnaby Joyce clearly indicated on Insiders this morning. And as he indicated earlier in the week, when he referred to Solomon Islands as our very own little Cuba. It is unacceptable that this has occurred. Morrison has also lashed out at suggestions that his politicisation of Australia's foreign affairs is partly responsible. His continual dog-whistling and attacks against China and his refusal to engage constructively with the Solomon Islands are partly to blame, and that his refusal to accept departmental advice on how to handle the situation in the Pacific has been to blame. He has lashed out at the public service. He has lashed out at the Labor Party. He has lashed out at the Solomon Islands. He has refused to take responsibility and suggested that any criticism of his approach is somehow against the Australian interest. What does Scott Morrison think his job really is? Because this week, just yesterday, he also announced a new barrel of pork for the, quote, weekend fishos, boaties and camping families, a $20 million fund. Now, this is a straight up cash giveaway. He is doing what exactly? Because it's not his job, apparently, to help when there are fires. Apparently, it's not his job to help when there are floods. It's not his job to ensure we get vaccines on time. It's not his job to ensure our national interests in the Pacific. It's not his job to fix the curse of the NDIS. It's not his job to make sure that Australians are being employed on government programs and contracts, which I'll come to in a moment because there's some big news there as well. It's not his job to make sure that companies aren't offshoring a third of their workforce when he goes to a company to announce a so-called jobs plan. But apparently it's his job to make announcements about boat ramps from a supermarket or from a shopping mall and then take no questions from the press pack that he has so graciously hosted for drinks throughout the campaign because he doesn't want to answer questions about the Solomon Islands, about the NDIS, about flood relief, about the fact that people in Gladstone, as was reported today on Insiders and was reported on Q&A, can't get access to medical treatment, can't get access to doctors, are having to fly to Brisbane to get cancer treatments. Morrison is running scared. And why is he running scared? Well, partly because what Barnaby Joyce said today on Insiders sums up the Morrison government. David Spears put it to Barnaby Joyce that his government, Morrison and Barnaby's government, needs a plan for places like Gladstone, for other regional communities, for the country, and asked, what is your plan? And all Barnaby could say was that it's his plan to let multinationals sell off whatever they like. If someone's buying it, we're selling it, he said. 
He has no plan for how that wealth will be used to build hospitals, to strengthen Medicare, to fix the NDIS. No plan for how that wealth will be used to invest in the next generation of jobs, the next generation and wave of wealth creation, simply to let corporations take what they want from our country, from our pockets, from the wealth of working people, and sell it to the international community. And there are some classic examples. So Australian unions who have done a huge amount of work on the issue of insecure work and wages. This week released a report that shows casual workers are earning $350 a week less than full or part-time workers doing the same job. Barnaby and Morrison have no plan to fix this. There are 100 countries that limit the use of fixed-term contracts. Australia is not one of those countries. This was once the working person's paradise. Now we are not even in the top 100 when it comes to the regulation of the use of fixed-term contracts. Barnaby Joyce was in Gladstone talking about multinational corporations selling off our resources, multinational corporations who are using labour hire to undercut the wages and job security of Australians doing the same job. Two people doing the same job, one paid less because they're labour hire, the other whose job security is constantly under threat because they're on an EBA. That's the Morrison-Joyce plan. And you can say, well, Ben, how can you possibly say that? Morrison always talks about jobs. Unemployment is low. They're always talking about wanting to get wages moving. Look at the announcements that Morrison has made and look at the places he has made them. He made an announcement about jobs that was no more than simply the economic trend of jobs at a factory where a third of the workers were being offshored to Vietnam. He made an announcement at an oil refinery, chaired by a former Liberal minister, giving that refinery a grant in the same week that a report came out that said a third of Australia's oil reserves are held on the other side of the Pacific and that we are up to a third below the international standard on oil and fuel security. I have talked about this before. You cannot have a fuel reserve held on the other side of the world's largest ocean, particularly not now that the Solomon Islands will soon have a Chinese naval base. How, for the love of God, does Scott Morrison think Australian oil will come from the United States to places like Gladstone during a conflict when we have no Australian flag tankers and there is foreign power Navy bases between us and the coast of California. What an absolute shambles of a policy. But to top it all off, Morrison goes to WA, and if you've been following my social media, you'll be across this. Austal. Austal build warships. Austal also exploit temporary foreign workers. And the ETU, the ETU released 
information that they had written to Scott Morrison two weeks before Morrison went to Austell, two weeks beforehand, to say that the Fair Work Ombudsman had found that company had been underpaying workers and exploiting them, and that the ETU had worked with those workers, that those workers had organised, that they had won their pay back, and that the ETU was asking the Morrison government what Morrison and Dutton and that crew, that gang, were going to do to prevent this sort of thing happening in our defence supply chain and prevent it from happening to workers here in Australia. Wherever they've come from, they're here in Australia. Of course, Morrison didn't respond. Instead, what he did was go to Austell and give them a $124 million contract. Now, these workers were being paid as little as $11 an hour, almost half, almost half the national minimum wage. There are no safeguards in place for how Austell will use that $124 million when it comes to the payment of workers and contractors. There has never been a more important time to join your union. There has never been a more important time because we have a prime minister and a government that is on a knife's edge and is determined to do everything it can to rip money out of the pockets of working people, to rip away what little job security working people have, and to appeal to corporate sensibilities and reinforce its own ideological framework. And that is that somehow or another, the wealth will magically trickle down. Well, we have 4% unemployment and wages are going backwards. We have huge leaps in productivity and wages are going backwards. Jobs more insecure. We have billion dollars, billions of dollars going into new programs, yet somehow or another, jobs are more insecure in things like disability support. We have companies that are profitable and receiving billions in JobKeeper, yet unlawfully sacking their thousands of their workers and not and not reinstating them when they've been instructed to do so by a court of law. We've seen demand for workers at airports that simply hasn't been met because Qantas, the corporations, refuse to pay people wages. Just this weekend, there was an article in the Sydney Morning Herald by a restaurant critic suggesting that people should be conscripted to work in hospitality. Regular listeners to The Week on Wednesday may remember Van and I did a special episode about job insecurity and its impact on family and caring. And we interviewed one of the leaders of Hospo Voice, Tim Pedersen, about the impact of unfair rostering, of rosters that are essentially used to bully people in hospitality. There are significant issues in that industry. And Hospo Voice is the union for you there. You can join Hospo Voice or any union by going to australianunions.org.au slash join. If you're not sure what union you should be in, that website will help get you into your union. Because let me tell you, there are people in this country, in government and in corporate life, who would rather conscript labour than have fair rosters and living wages. There are people who would rather 
hand money to corporations who import and exploit temporary migrant workers than offer secure jobs and living wages. There are people who would take money from the taxpayer to deliver programs like My Age Care and the NDIS, who would use that money to make a profit rather than employ people directly by setting up some kind of sham or digital sham contracting arrangements. Those people are out there, they are running corporations, they are behaving like this, and the working people of Australia have two ways to solve this problem. One, you join your union. You can do that. That's your ongoing guarantee. Whoever's in government, you've got your union. Your union's got your back. You can be protected. The other is to vote out the Morrison government. You vote one Labor in the lower house and vote one Labor in the upper house. And if that's a little too much for you, if you think there's a good independent in your area, or you like one of the minor parties just a little bit, then what you've got to do is make sure you put the Liberals last. Those two things, join your union, put the Liberals last. Because otherwise, we'll get another three years of Morrison and another three years of blank checks, carte blanche, blind eyes, and exploitation. That's the weekend wrap for this Sunday, the 24th of April, 2022. Don't forget, if you are in Victoria, Van will be doing May Day events in Clunes and Bendigo next Sunday. Van will also join me, of course, on Wednesday, for the week on Wednesday. And, of course, don't forget, if you want to support us promoting the show to get even more people to hear us, go to buymeacoffee.com slash week on Wednesday. All of the money that we raise through there goes into advertising. And of course, during the election campaign, ads are more expensive, but we are holding our own. We are continuing to grow the audience. If you can't afford to make a contribution or you're just not sure about doing that, that's totally fine. Like, share, comment, talk to your friends. We love to hear those referrals. And if you do join your union because you've listened to our show and you've gone, yeah, I'm going to join. I've gone to, to Australian Unions au slash wow and signed up let us know we'd love to hear about that too it's so good to see people getting active and involved let's make this election one where every australian makes a positive choice for a better future until wednesday remember to be kind to yourself and to each other